Deep in the farthest recesses of the most distant jungle lies a city. A city populated by the most mysterious, terrifying, and downright grotesque denizens ever seen by mortal eye. Here, in the darkened corners of this cavernous locale, sits an ordinary, average brick building with an innocuous, ordinary, average, blinking neon sign which reads, On Air. It is here where each week, Seth Breedlove and Mark Matsky convene to discuss the greatest mysteries the world has ever known. Now, zip up your leather pants, slap on the clown paint, and don't forget to eat something light as we begin our journey through Monsteropolis. This is Monsteropolis, a show about anomalies, legends, and monsters. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Prelove. I'm joined once again in office by my pal who just survived a week in the wilds of New York with me, Mark Matsky. Hello there. Hey. Um, how you doing? Doing good. Sort of uh, culture shock to be back in yeah. bizarro world. Yeah. But uh, otherwise doing well. Can I just say the best thing about, well, top top three things about being gone, favorite, was no coronavirus. Like, didn't hear anyone talk about it, really. I mean, we talked about it occasionally, but, yeah. like, it just was, we were so far removed from society for, like, much of that trip. Right. That I just felt like we didn't. And then, like, the nights where we were in society or in civilization, which would have been Tuesday night, we slept in Lake George. And then Thursday night, we slept in Troy. Yeah. We got into the hotel so late at night that it was like, you go to sleep, wake up, and then you're gone again. So yep. like Troy, we were only in Troy, New York for like hours, like six hours, maybe mm-hmm. just long enough to like rest our head. Yeah. Uh, so I never felt like we there, there was the confrontation in the Stewart shops. Did, were you, did you see that so unfold? I the, heard it. I yeah. heard about it. Yeah. You, I think you told us. Yeah, it was just a, a random tall man. <laughs> the tall man. With no mask. Yeah. Yelling at uh, a family saying, masks don't work. Oh, it was a family. Yeah. Cool. And the, the mom cool. was like, I'm a frontline worker and I'm here to tell you they do. Uh-huh. And he just left. But it was, that's the most virus related tension I yeah. think we experienced the whole time we were gone. That yeah. and just sitting down to eat having to put masks on to move to, about to walk into the restaurant to sit down to eat yeah, yeah. so we so, did discuss the ins and outs of that but you're yeah. right i mean for the most part it didn't even enter into Mm-mm. conscious thought which was welcome and you know like in talking to a lot of the people we talked to we were the first real like interaction they'd had with people outside of their social circle or family circle and in some cases we were the this was like their impetus to get out. Like I know from talking to Mike, um, this was like his thing. This was what got him back out into, into the woods for a few days. I don't know if it was that way with Steve calls and some of his gang, but um, it was kind of surreal to hear that because for us, this was the same thing. (laughs) This was like our thing that got us out. Yeah. Um, Same with Emily. I know Emily, like this was her, first time back out in the woods and stuff in a mm-hmm. while and so 
Uh, I have no idea how to approach this episode. I, I want to give a quick um, plug for Alexander's show. It's on YouTube. It's called Sasquatch Out of the Shadows. Um, him, uh, Andy, and myself did a um, did a sort of recap episode last night where we went day by day. I think we're probably going to do something similar on mm-hmm. this. Um, I don't know if it'll be quite as like mapped out it, it wasn't mapped out last night but we very you know specifically tried to stick to day by day i tend to get off track pretty quickly so i'm <laughs> sure it won't be quite as that's episode 13 yeah i believe yeah so if you want go to uh, youtube and look up sasquatch out of the shadows um i haven't seen it yet okay but andy seemed really happy with how it went yeah we had a lot of fun that's cool yeah um I don't know where to begin. We got a bunch of questions. We have questions on, do we want to start with those on this episode or do we want to get into those next episode? Cause this is a two parter. Um, maybe we should start with questions and then, yeah, we could do that. Let's start with a few, maybe mix in. Yeah, we have, a couple. so we have some questions on the, on the, uh, the, the official Facebook page for Monsteropolis. Um, and I think I should probably start out before we even get into this and just explain what we were doing for someone who might be new to the show, we've been talking about it on the show for a while, but last week from uh, very early Monday morning through Saturday uh, afternoon, we were gone to upstate New York. Um, I mean, upstate New York and Western Massachusetts is like the easiest way to put it. Uh, We were making uh, the new on the trail of Bigfoot, uh, the journey it's called, uh, very, very, you know, a lot of the questions on Alex show last night were about the movie. Like, what is, how is this different from mm-hmm. what you've done before and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, maybe I should address that and also just talk to you about it just cause I'm curious to hear what your read on it is f- having been a part of it. Yeah. Um, but for, I know for me, what I kept saying on the show last night and Andy, Andy and Alex echoed this as well Is I think the, the biggest thing that sets this apart from anything we've done before is this is very much about the STM crew, the crew that is making the movie. It's very much about our literal journey yes. uh, through upstate New York. Um, you know, and obviously we're way far out from when I'll actually get to start editing this at least another three or four months away. Um, maybe two or three months. It just depends on how quickly we get into Bowwitch. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think the biggest difference I've noticed is that it, it just very, very much focused on our trip. And my plan right now is to kind of use that uh, as the narrative device, the storytelling device that'll propel all the rest of, um, you know, the film forward. So you'll, you'll be following our journey while also learning, learning a lot about, um, upstate New York, Bigfoot history and Western Massachusetts, different investigative teams. And I mean, if you've seen on the trail of Bigfoot, some of this is not going to be particularly new in terms of how the story is told. I I don't want to, I don't want to deviate too far from what made on the trail of Bigfoot on the trail of Bigfoot. Um, But I definitely think the thing that I've noticed the most is that just it very, a very, very personal movie that will, um, you know, very, very much focus on us. One of my takeaways is that there's a lot of everything in the Adirondacks. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of stories. You mentioned the history. There's a lot of history there, um, both just in general and related to 
unexplained phenomena. And there's a lot of park, there's a lot of mountains. Mm -hmm. And it was fun to kind of enter through the south and then move north because at first you're sort of like, these are mountainous. Foothills, yeah. Kind of ridgy and cool. But then the further north you go, you come to see why it's such a important and um, well-populated, at least on the July 4th weekend, um, park area because it really does resemble some of the other most rugged parts of the United States. It's it's fantastic. I, I, I keep thinking about that part of it and how I, you know, I want to know as much now as I can about that part because I feel like we saw maybe a quarter. Mm. If, if, that, that. if that, yeah. Because yeah. we, the funniest thing is I've been there, I've been, this is my fourth time to the Adirondacks and um, I thought I was like schooled in, yeah. in the Adirondacks, you right. know, like, and I mean, I guess being around Whitehall, I knew my way around Whitehall pretty good, like around Pult- the Pulteney River mm-hmm. and around, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, on Wednesday, we hiked up Hadley Mountain and when we reached the top, I thought, um, I thought, wow, this is crazy. This is, you know, quite a, quite a view. Uh, I guess we've kind of reached the, you know, like I would think this is, you know, probably the, the summit of like mm-hmm. the Adirondacks, you know, like, cause you're looking out and you can see, yeah. you know, you're kind of level with all the mountains. Um, and of course I was aware of the high peaks, but you know, like, I don't know what that means in conjunction with where we are at that point in time. So, um, it turns out that Hadley Mountain is, is like a, a half the size yeah. of um, Whiteface, which we went up on Friday to shoot shoot footage, um, or or um, Mount Marcy, which is the tallest point in um, New York, the state of New York, which mm-hmm. we flew over in the helicopter. So yeah, you're right. It's just constant. It seemed like it was constant. the The landscape was constantly evolving when we would go somewhere. Um, Alex and I were talking last night about the, that speculator area being very similar to like West Virginia, mm-hmm. like very Appalachian, um, you know, hills and hollers yeah. and things like that. And then you move, you start moving north and it kind of flattens out a little bit here and there because you're getting to the those valleys where the mm-hmm. mountains kind of give out. Yeah. And and then you head north up into the high peaks and it's a whole new ball game. Like it's, right. you know, it reminded me of, the Cascades or the Olympic mm-hmm. uh, Olympic uh, Park that we went to out in in the PNW, um, and yeah, at the end of it, I felt like we hadn't seen hardly any of it because really we never really got to the western part of the park and even the central part of the mm-hmm. the park. If you look at where the high peaks are, they're northeast, very northeast. Right. So I just don't think we really saw a large part of the western part of the park mm-hmm. or the central part. Yeah. So. Um, the word we keep returning to is vast. Yeah. And it's hard not to use that word in talking about the park. So it's very famously been suggested that you can fit a number of national parks together mm-hmm. into the same space covered by this. And I believe it. I mean, it's it's easy to see that this is unlike anything else, really, that in, it's in the United States. It's mm-hmm. that unique of an area. Six million acres. So when you, <laughs> I've always said that. And you don't really like, I guess you don't, it doesn't process what that means. Right. But I mean, we drove on Saturday for two and a half hours from our point in 
Where did we stay the night? Oh, uh, Upper J. Upper J. Upper J, not far from Lake Placid. We 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 drove for two and a half hours from Upper J down to to the Syracuse area where we popped out of the park, and that was two and a half hours to get from basically n- northeast kind of to southwest. Yeah, where we came out. Um, and again, you just drive and drive and drive, and mm-hmm. it's all park. You're just constantly in the yeah. park. I mean, we stopped in the park and got gas at one point. Yeah. Like, you just, you're always in the yeah. park. And countless trailheads. Yeah. Little parking lots for those. Yeah. Pull-offs. I yeah. mean, everywhere you go. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it was impressive, and I've been there, is the thing I think you had to realize. Like, I've been there four times. And had never even seen, a, <laughs> yeah. I made a movie about, about the Adirondacks really like Beast of Light Hall in some ways, especially at the beginning fashions itself as an Adirondack movie mm-hmm. and never really got into the Adirondacks. <laughs> uh, so, so it's really crazy folks. Like if you're anywhere on the East coast, like Midwest East coast, I can't, say enough that this is the place to go like if you love the outdoors i can't i want i want to go back tomorrow like i want to go back and stay again um and what's interesting is it really isn't far from here to the east or from from here to the west side of the park Mm -hmm. i mean we could get there in about five hours Mm -hmm. so if we wanted to you could go spend a weekend in the adirondacks camping on the western edge of the park and be fairly close to home yeah because that's how big the park right um but yeah, the the so we got these questions. I want to get into these. Anything else we wanted to touch on here? No, that's good. Yeah, so this movie's coming out in March of next year. Um, I guess I'll just go ahead and say this now and let this be the first place where we make this announcement. We have locked down the Canton Palace Theater from March 13th, 2021 to do Mysteries and Monsters at the Canton Palace Theater. Um, obviously, like everything, this is all in flux due to the coronavirus situation. Um, it canceled last year or this year's um, uh, Mysteries and Monsters. The goal is that this event will act as our huge coming out party for for um, for on the trail of Bigfoot, the journey. Um, and I can tell you from watching the drone footage, but especially the helicopter footage, the Camp Palace Theater is the biggest screen in Northeast Ohio. So if you could see it on that screen, it will be mind blowing, I think. Um, so uh, just keep that in mind. March 13th, we have no plans in place as to what this event will entail other than a screening of on the trail of Bigfoot, the journey. It, it will definitely be the premiere of that film. And there might be a second premiere that happens there as well. So we'll have to see what happens. So anyway, um, now Mark, I thought this first um, first question was really interesting, and you're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong. But um, Mike sent us a message and said, Hi, Seth, Mark, and crew. I'm from Pittsfield, Mass., in the heart of Berkshire County in western Massachusetts. Hmm. I was wondering what stories you had heard that brought you over to our sleepy little county. I have grown up hearing about Sasquatch sightings in, on nearby October Mountain and actually UFOs and ghosts there as well. Love the show, the movies, and the content, Mike. So Pittsfield's where the we had the creepy experience. Am I yes. not wrong? Yes, it okay, is. So Mike, we came to Pittsfield on Thursday for dinner. Yeah, um, there was no one anywhere. It was like being in The Walking Dead. <laughs> um, 
we tried to eat at a Mexican restaurant that was open and were not served and ended up walking out. But we did eat at a fantastic sub place. What's yes. this called? Angelina's. Angelina's subs. Um, so I can't recommend that to you enough. Yes. Mike, you probably know uh, all about it being in, in that area. But yeah, I, um, what brought us there was the Squatchachusetts guys um, crew. Um local Bigfoot investigating uh, investigative team. Um, we were doing interviews with them and then we actually did a hike uh, up into Savoy State Forest, is it? Or State Park? Yeah. Savoy so Natural Area or something okay. like that. Yeah. Savoy something or other. Yes. Um, Where John Wilk yeah. had been a ranger. Right. John Wilk had been a ranger there and actually had a sighting in the park that's that's really interesting and you'll get to see that and learn more about it when the series comes out. So yeah, we were actually there to do um, a Bigfoot night ops. So we did an interview. Uh, we interviewed Dave McCulloch and uh, John Wilk. And then we went up into the forest for what? Two, two hours, yeah, two, about two, two plus hours, hours yeah. Yeah, for a round trip hike. Um, we had FLIR equipment and yeah. all sorts of stuff. Nothing. I don't want to get too much into what happened. Cause that's mm-hmm. what people, I will say, I think I heard a wood knock, which is like one of only two times where I think I've heard that. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, I do have it audio of that. I'm hoping I haven't actually gone through that audio, but um, yeah, we were there. It was, we loved the area. Yeah. Um, I want to go back, spend more time in that forest, especially. I saw a mouse go down a tree with my FLIR. Yeah. That was was big time. Or a tiny Bigfoot. Yeah. (laughs) Like... Uh, ant-man and the wasp yeah size bigfoot yeah yeah well, that was great I, that was one of my favorite nights it was mine too that entire day we were talking about this last night if you think about that day it's almost surreal the ground we covered and what we did because mm-hmm. the day started off with our helicopter flight up to oh the gosh. high peaks yeah went from there to bruce um bruce's house uh, for the for the kinderhook creature interviews interviewed him his sister his mom mm-hmm. shot b-roll there shot his interview twice because i accidentally recorded it at 120 frames per second the first time uh <laughs> thank god i noticed it before we left yes um we shot his and that bruce was like yeah. the most laid-back person on good, earth he was good about it um and then it ended with us in well it it then from there to Western Mass, and then from Western Mass to Troy, New York, where we slept. Yeah, uh, it was a insane day, mm-hmm. really insane day. Um, so yeah, that's what brought us there. I wish I'd known you were there, Mike. We could have uh, like air fived or something. <laughs> um, Jerry Lang left a comment. What have you learned about yourselves in terms of of skeptic? or a deeper understanding of the mythology after filming areas historically known by the cryptid community on this trip? Wow. It's a big question. Yeah, it is a big question. My initial reaction to it would be what I've learned about myself is that I'm even more skeptical than I thought. Hmm. And maybe that's just because the places where we were, were marked by, um, you know, very historical reports. Mm-hmm. And it's just the, there's a sensation, I don't know, for me, there's a sensation about being in those areas where I'm on extreme, like, skeptic watch. Mm. And, and part of it is that, you know, like an invitation. I hope something happens. That's the best way to be, I think. Yeah. I want to see anything out of, out of the ordinary or unusual. And um, 
I don't know. That's I guess that's one of the things that there, there's a, I think I've talked about this before on the show, but there's a weird dichotomy in me where I have these, I'm just extremely agnostic when I'm out there and when I'm not out there and I'm reading reports or researching, I'm like, Oh yeah, you know, of course, <laughs> of course there's something to this. And the, both of those ideas are always at war at war. Yeah. It's like a ping pong, an evil ping pong match going on inside all the time. Man, I don't know. Like for me, I don't know how to answer the skeptical side of that. Cause for me, I've always thought if, if these things exist anyway, they, they exist there. Cause to me, it's just the, the habitat is there. Mm-hmm. Like it's there. There's no, now having said that flying over the high peaks wilderness, there's areas up there that you're not, there's nobody like you can see the lakes and some of those ponds and there are not people at those places. There's no roads to it to hike up. There's going to take days. And I'm sure there's people mm-hmm. that do hike up there, but right. You know, like it's not often. And so if they're anywhere, I think they're probably up there, especially during the summer. Like that, that would be the best place to hide, hide out. Yeah. You know, you got all the food you want. You got, you're relatively secluded and then you could head down into the, maybe mm-hmm. into the valleys, you know, during the, the, the winter months and spring or something. Um, so as far as, yeah, my skepticism, I don't, I don't want to get too deep into like how I feel about the subject coming out of this. I don't think I've changed much from mm-hmm. like, from like the X experience. Um, I think on a personal level, this trip made me realize like, this is the way I, I really enjoy making on the trail of because of experiences like this. Mm -hmm. So like this or the trip I took last year with Jason um, and Shannon and Brandon out West, the trips that are not particularly like comfortable where it's not, you know, and this wasn't, we weren't, I I think I'd have a hard time saying we were roughing it. You know, like we stayed in hotels most nights or Airbnb Mm -hmm. or whatever. Two, two of them didn't have air conditioning. So (laughs) (laughs) read the listing carefully. Yeah. But, um, but you know, it wasn't like an STM shoot either, a movie shoot where usually the movies are, you know, like we set up our, especially the way we've been working for the last mm-hmm. couple of years is you like set great. up in an Airbnb, people come to you, you shoot their interviews and then you go out for like a little day trip and shoot some B-roll here and there. And it's not, it's not that it isn't exhausting because it really is, but you get to, there's downtime and you can take a nap in the afternoon or you can get some food or like whatever there was not downtime on this trip. There were, you know, like there were, there was a, a point on Tuesday where we went to Lake George and we were there for maybe like 30 minutes. Uh, and then there was another point later in the week, I think, but I mean, Thursday and Friday, there was not downtime. We mm-hmm. were in the car moving at all times. Yeah. Um, and, and as exhausting as that is, and as much as I was fighting through migraines the first two days, the, I, this is what I really love about on the trail of, it just feels completely different from the films. So when people ask me like, what's the difference between the movie, your movies and the, on the trail of series, I think more than anything, it's, it's the creative end, like maybe more so than what people are actually seeing on screen. Even, Mm. you know, like I think there are differences between the films and on the trail of, but I think from a creative standpoint, the real the real difference comes behind the camera. It comes to like f- from what we're doing um, and how we work on these shoots. Like, did, wouldn't you say, because you've been on, so you've been with me mm-hmm. on a few of the on the trail of shoots and you've also been a part of like, 
you know, Bray Road and things like that. Right. Like, isn't there a pretty obvious difference between the the production? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, on the trail of, there's very much a sense that every moment is a potential moment for something to happen. I mm. mean, you're, you're like uh, documenting the journey itself. I mean, to, it's the name of the this particular installment, and there, I think there's a reason for that. Um, and there's creativity, like you said, with that, that you wouldn't, don't necessarily have the other way, or it's a different type. Uh, this is, um, I guess, more dynamic in a way. Well, yeah, I think too, On the Trail of is all about just getting what you can in the moment. Right. Because, um, you you know, you're documenting what's actually happening. So yeah. you're not going to do a retake or any of that exactly, kind of stuff. Exactly, yeah. And so on the movies, Zach is the director of photography, and he kind of dictates mm-hmm. the look of the film. And then during the recreations, I'm kind of dictating the look of the recreations, but everything's following those styles. Like those mm-hmm. two, that's it. Yeah. On the trail of, I'm handing cameras to anyone who will hold a camera. Right. <laughs> and you're like, please shoot this yeah. so we can get something. Right. And I mean, I think it's very, it is, it's like true documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, our films, I've said this for a while, our films are not, I don't think of our documentary movies, the feature length movies as straightforward docs. They kind of like merge a film style, a filmic narrative style with documentary. Mm -hmm. That's not to say we're faking anything or having telling people what to say, but it's everything is being shot very, very methodically. Yeah. And this is very much not that. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's, it's it true. Is, it's 100% not that. I think Andy and I were talking about this where, you know, you, you go to a location and on a shoot like this, you get what you get. Mm-hmm. If it's a sunny day and beautiful, then yeah. that's great. If it's raining, that's what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And you're probably not going to come back to that location. Yeah. So there, that's, um, there's a, just a sense of viewer there that it comes through very clearly with this. You also have to throw out any sense of like uh, ego or self-importance, especially for me as the guy who's editing this. Cause like I was looking through footage and Andy shot me talking to you guys in front of the car. And I look like I just crawled out of bed because I did. <laughs> yeah. So like, am I going to use that? I don't know. I look right. horrible, <laughs> but like it is, it's very, it just is to me, it's very different from, you know, from, from the movies, it's just, uh, it's completely its own thing. I, I don't, it's funny because right now I'm all, I'm high on this idea of on the trail of Bigfoot, the journey on on the experience of making it and everything. And the, the, usually what happens is I get real, real up on one thing and then, you know, like one style. So we go make it on the trail of, and then I'm ready to go make a narrative mm-hmm. or, or the more, I'm not a narrative, but the more like filmic style yeah. doc. Um, and this time around, I'm like just ready to go make more on the trail. Of. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'll get myself in the headspace I need to be for, yeah. for, uh, for bell witch, but, um, right. I could go make tomorrow another on the trail of series. Mm-hmm. Like that's where my head is like, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I can see, I could see where you can burn. You can definitely burn yourself out on it though, because mm-hmm. on the, I know when we made it on the trail of UFOs, I got kind of burned out on that style on the, on the trail of style. Like I was ready to go make Mothman legacy when we were finally yeah. ready to go shoot it. So I like the fact that we can bounce back and forth between the two styles. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
So yeah, that was, I don't know if we answered that or not. Yeah. Uh, I think one other thing I'll say real quickly to that, the balances out the skeptical side is that the eyewitnesses that we talked to, I thought were all compelling Mm -hmm. and had the type of sightings where it was, they, I don't believe they were confused about what they saw. And I, I just, I don't know. I found them to a person believable and the details that they shared gave me no reason to doubt what they were saying. So that those are, that's the type of things that you're holding in balance with each other. The second part of his, his question where a deeper understanding of the mythology after filming areas historically known by the cryptic community on the strip, the thing that jumps to mind is, is the Kinderhook creature stories. Mm-hmm. Because like I really only am aware of that more recently. I was told about it by Paul while we were filming Beast of Whitehall. And there's actually an interview in Beast of Whitehall from a newscast that's relating to the Kinderhook creature. But um, I think actually going to Kinderhook and seeing the area and seeing the um, the house, the thing that I kept saying is it's Minerva of New It's like the Minerva of New York. Yeah. Like it's, you know, these big rolling hills and forests. And um, interestingly, like Alexander thinks you could probably stay in that forest all the way back up into the Adirondacks, mm-hmm. you know, like if you wanted that cover. Yeah. So um, yeah, Kinderhook, I think I have a greater appreciation for the area where it took place. I want to learn more about the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm also really excited to tell that story because it's, it's kind of a, a mini STM movie in the middle of this big, like epic journey. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was like that for me for Whitehall. Cause I had never been to Whitehall before. Yeah, yeah. So just to be there and to see it for myself, be out on Aber road. There were some insights that we gained, I think by a little extra, the Pulteney River. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. That that'll probably come out in the, the dock itself. But mm. yeah, I mean, for me, that was just to be able to see it for myself and to get a sense of how remote a bear road was. I mean, I didn't, I, I had heard all the descriptions, seen the movie, obviously, but until you're driving out there and really getting a sense of what's around or not around, it's, that was definitely uh, kind of an insightful trip to see that, you know, when you talk about Whitehall, the village of Whitehall and the surrounding area is very much uh, falls into that category of rugged, even though it's not in the high peaks area mm-hmm. per se, it's, it's rugged and wooded enough to make all of that very plausible. Yeah. Yeah. I think there were a lot of moments like that on the strip where you get a greater understanding and that Pulteney river walk, was probably one of the, mm-hmm. the keys for me because you could really see where the river is in conjunction with where a bear road is, mm-hmm. how close you are to that field where they saw the beast of Whitehall. But then to also see on the helicopter flight, the, the way those mountains spill out into the valleys and then just kind of taper off. And the guy pointed where Whitehall is. And it's like right at the base of these, it's in, in the movie in beast of Whitehall, I think it's stated multiple times at the base of the Adirondack mountains, but I didn't understand what that meant until I saw the, they're at the base of the mountains. Like they spill out right Right. there. And so some creature coming down out of the mountains into the valleys, it would make sense for that thing to end up in. It just would get funneled. Yeah. It would end up there naturally Mm -hmm. just following the flow of the, the land. Um, Okay. Question. Uh, That's a text from my wife. (laughs) <laughs> did the did the helicopter ride scare you? Did the helicopter ride scare you? Scared me. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, uh, they better it, come back you, alive. How did you feel about that on the ground? Oh, it was impressive, okay. I guess, is the word that I would use. Because yeah. it's, Andy and I were in pretty close proximity to it taking off. And he didn't say, like, don't stand close. So we were fairly close. Yeah. And the rotors start to go around into takeoff mode. And you feel it. I mean, yeah. you feel it down there. And fortunately, I mean, the, the, the fog and stuff had burned off by then. So you were taking off into decent conditions anyway. But it just... Having seen the footage now, it is just mind blowing. I can't wait for people to see this. Yeah, I, um, I was so, I was very scared. Um, and it's not that I'm scared of. I'm really good if I got a camera in my hand, in my hands, of sort of ignoring danger. I don't know why that is, but that's just like how it is. Um, so I wasn't really scared of like the helicopter crashing. I was more afraid of vomiting out of the door, which was open and then having it like fly back in on Adam and Alex and causing a chain reaction. Because uh, I know yes. from Adam that he's the same way I am where, you know, like you're, I'm not good about watching other people puke. So if mm-hmm. I see someone else unfurl, I'm going to do the same. Um, so yeah, I was very nervous though. Like Mark could tell you, like my hands were shaking that whole morning and stuff. However, um, man, f- five minutes into that thing, I was good to go. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was fine. Um, in fact, we get up into the high peaks and you know, we're, we're about, we're 50, about 50 minutes from where we left almost an hour from where we were. And, um, the first high peak we really see is Mount Marcy, which is again, the tallest, like the tallest point in New York state. And there's another mountain next to it. And he said, do you want me to go over those? You can get footage looking down or do you want me to skirt them? And I was like, can you go between them? (laughs) So that's what he did. Like he went between Mount Marcy and another mountain and ran this figure eight. And that was where I finally like where the motion sickness finally caught up to Uh me. Cause he was running these figure eights and doing these crazy, like low angle, passes over the over the trees and it was a little that was where i finally was like okay that's i'm good but um you know i mean we we were up there for about 70 minutes i think uh and you know like as we're coming through the high peaks i'm getting all the shots i can but there came a point where i was like i want to put my camera down and just like enjoy being up here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, because it really was, we, we did not have an ideal situation for like aerial footage. Um, normally what they would do in that situation is they'd have some sort of mount on the bottom of the helicopter that would put your, you know, your cameras would sit in there so you can get those, those straight ahead views and things like that. And we weren't equipped for any of that. Um, so what we were doing was holding gimbals, and out the side of the helicopter. And um, so what that turns into is just wrestling with the gimbal because the wind will hit the gimbal or the wind will hit the camera and the gimbal starts spinning. And like, you're just constantly trying to keep steady. Um, And I know Alex was having a harder time than I was in the back because he was getting the, the pilot's door was closed. And I think that was creating all the wind coming in his, Mm -hmm. and it was really messing with his shots. So there did come a point where I was like, I'm not, I I honestly haven't even focused on where we are. I'm looking at my screen and like trying to keep Mm -hmm. things in focus and shoot this footage because we spent so much money on the helicopter. I didn't want to waste the money, but there also came a point where I was like, we have plenty, like we have more than enough for what I need to do, you know? 
And so I put the camera down kind of between my legs and I just held on to it and uh, just enjoyed the rest of the flight. Yeah. And, um, and I don't think Adam ever stopped shooting. Adam was in the back with a handy cam. Mm-hmm. I think he was shooting and Alex shot a lot too. Although I think Alex eventually reached the same point I did and just kind of wanted to enjoy mm-hmm. the ride. So, um, yep. so I was scared for that first short period of time, but once we were on the flight, I was good to go. Yeah. And a pilot was super cool. Super too, awesome. Yeah. Really chill. Uh, he had like, he had some sort of seventies rock playing on the, helic- <laughs> on the helicopter the entire time. So it almost felt like we were in Vietnam or something. Um, so that was kind of funny, but yeah, I don't, uh, I would do it. What I keep saying is this really opened my eyes to the difference between traditional helicopter footage and drones. And I've always been like one of those guys that's like, ah, it's a waste of money to do that. And in fact, like we did this helicopter flight more as a scene for the movie than to capture aerial footage. It was more like, ah, it's about our, you know, going up and Mm -hmm. seeing how big the area is, but having done it, the look of the footage is so different. I mean, I just showed you like a few of the best shots, right? That's it's a totally different, different look from a drone. You're not going to get what I got with a 50 millimeter lens Mm -hmm. on a, you know, on a drone. Um, so for me, I'm like, when it comes to on the trail of, I want to start doing this as often as I can. Mm-hmm. I really think it's like the way to go for aerial footage on these movies. And it's just an exciting, like, I think that scene, I think the helicopter scene is going to be an exciting scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. And you have the whole thing documented, you know, like the entire trip is right. the entire flights documented. So, um, yeah, we've gone through questions and we're already at like 38 minutes. Do we want to talk a couple minutes more and then wrap up this episode? And yeah. then on the next episode, we can kind of go through the trip itself. Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, but yeah, the, the thanks for asking questions again. Like if you can learn, you know, probably some additional insights to this trip from Alex and Andy um, on Alex's podcast. I mean, I, there was a lot to that, that Alex and Andy and I talked about, especially this idea of like full circle, Um, and how, you know, on the trail of Bigfoot, the first series really was a throwback or a callback to Minerva. You know, like we interviewed Barbara and we, you know, we, we, there's, there's the, the rise of the monsters episode Mm -hmm. where Minerva keeps getting brought up and the whole series is kind of, it starts in Northeast Ohio with you and I, Yeah. this episode or this movie is like part two, which is fitting because the, you know, Minerva was part one of small town monsters. Whitehall yeah. is part two. This is part two of on the trail of, and it's the Whitehall thing. Wow. So like we go back to Whitehall and we, you know, like it's, it's just an interesting like full circle kind sure. of thing. But the, there were other things that I thought, and, and we all talked about that seemed like a full circle. Like Alex shot the first on the trail of series, which was on the trail of champ, mm-hmm. which is Lake Champlain's right there. Like we drove past poor Henry where he shot some of on the trail of champ. And Alex now is like a cinematographer on, on the trail of alongside me. So it's kind of like we're, we're working in, you know, in tandem on this one. And, and then you've got the Andy thing. Andy's been doing this since he was 13 years old, since you guys went on, I guess 12, if you want to, you know, like since we were filming Minerva, but 13 is when he went to do boggy creek monster and now he's shooting so he's shooting a movie this cine- the, it's gonna be surreal to see like the cinematography on this movie will be myself alexander petikov and andy matsky right so so like um it's just a we- it was a we- there were a lot of like full circle kind of moments Absolutely. for me on this shoot yeah 
And it was five years ago, almost to the day. I don't know if you knew this, but it was five years ago, almost to the day that I shot Beast of Whitehall while we were there. Like, um, it, it was in, I believe it was July 4th weekend, 2015, when we first went and did the initial on the trip or uh, Beast of Whitehall shoot. Wow. So, um, so yeah, there were a lot of weird, what, what a certain paranormal film group would call synchronicities. <laughs> um, or sting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, there's, there's a lot, I mean, we're going to get a little bit more into some of this in the next episode, but it was a really memorable trip. I'm, I'm really excited to get trailers out for this, to get the movie out. I think people are going to be blown away just by the scenery. Mm -hmm. So, uh, next episode is coming up, uh, part two of our on the trail of Bigfoot, the journey recap. Uh, you can, uh, Tune in to that next week. Uh, send us uh, uh, mail, monsteropolis mail at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and, and the rest of that stuff. So leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Oh, one more thing. Um, as of today, the 7th, July 7th, Momo the Missouri Monster and the Flatwoods Monster, A Legacy of Fear, are available on most major streaming uh, PVOD platforms. So if you want to watch those on like iTunes or Voodoo, I double checked earlier, they're there. So go find them. Uh, All right. See you next week. Monsteropolis is proudly presented on Wadsworth Community Radio 97.1 FM or streaming live at wadsworthcommunityradio.com. It is proudly underwritten by Thurber's Jewelers on the Square in downtown Wadsworth.